Hello, and welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Manning, coming to you from the beautiful trails in Ogden, Utah, but connecting you to wherever trail, ultra, and mountain running takes us. We'll bring trail running to life with amazing athletes, discuss the latest topics, epic journeys, and get you stoked for your next trail adventure. We're sharing the moments that make life special, because even a rough day on the trail beats a good day indoors, and nothing beats time spent with good friends and great stories. Catch us here weekly for your dose of dirt, vert, and good vibes. So now, it's time to top off your water, grab some cheese curds, and join us for this week's podcast, where we take you deep into the heart of our sport. It's go time. Hello and welcome to episode number 304 of the Trail Manners Podcast. Our guest today is Natalie Sheffield. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. And don't forget to subscribe, review, and rate us on iTunes. If you're so inclined, Trail Manners would really appreciate any contribution via our Patreon account at patreon.com backslash trailmanners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to the Trail Manners podcast. This is episode number 304. And we've got a guest for you today that we've got, uh, we're going to go in a few different directions because we want to make this entertaining and educational because that's how we like to do things here at the Trail Manners Podcast. So our guest today is, uh, I would like to say, a longtime supporter of the Trail Manners gang. Um, We have Natalie Sheffield joining us today via Zoom. How are you, Natalie? doing great Eric how are you doing I'm doing awesome and I'm super excited that you uh, agreed to come on the podcast Um, because I I think it's gonna be good I think we're gonna have some good information for people and um, you're inspiring to me anyway so I'm sure you'll be inspiring to a few other people out there as well I mean we've got about four or five listeners I mean since you're on the show I don't know if I can count you as a listener or not so maybe we're down a couple I don't know yeah, I kept trying to like downplay this in my head. I was like, oh, it's just going to be me and Eric talking. But no, not really. There's going to be a lot of listeners on this podcast. So yeah, I've been a long time fan. And I, before we go any further, I have to say, this is my Grammy Award right here. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I moved to Salt Lake City and started listening to Trail Manners podcast, I was like, I've always wanted to be on. I was like, if I ever get on a podcast, this is the one I want to be on. Like this, I know I will have made it in life. Once I'm on here, and I've waited patiently, and here I am. Oh my gosh, I'm blushing, and I, I don't even know what to say, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you feel that way. We're we're just yes. super happy to have you, um, for sure. So, let's get into that a little bit. I mean, I'll introduce okay. you, and then we'll get we'll get to that part in a little bit. But uh, you are the owner slash fitness slash strength slash running coach for Three Peaks Training. It's, uh, as I said, you're the owner, so you're the you're the one that got that going. Um, I'm going to say, tell us a little bit about it because we're going to address it on the back end, but give people a little sure. bit of uh, understanding. Like, what what is it that Three Peaks and Natalie Sheffield do? <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, well, it's it's 
ever, it's constantly evolving. Um, I started three peaks training going on two years. Um, this has been a dream in the making since I was 21. So let's say 15 years, I've been trying to solve this puzzle of what kind of coach I want to be, if I want to be a coach, how I want to coach, um, all those things. And I've, I've dipped my toes in all areas of coaching and something two years ago, and we can go into that later, but clicked. Um, and I want more runners to strength train. I want more runners to feel good. I think it's the missing puzzle piece in a lot of people's training. So I'm here to push strength training for trail runners and awesome. runners in general. Yeah. Awesome. No, that's awesome. Cause you know, people that listen to the show in the past know the, the, uh, my ex, my co-host Joel Hatch is a strength trainer, right? And so, and he was, a, he still is, and a big advocate for it. And obviously, with the show, that's partly what we want to do is uh, help runners out there. And I use the word help all the time loosely because everybody, you know, has their own thing. But you know, this um, that's a reason why we wanted you on the podcast, but not the only reason. So, and we'll get into that too, but. Um, let's just start off down the road. So you were an early Trail Manners listener. Do you remember when you first, how did you find the Trail Manners podcast? Oh, well, I worked from home for seven years and I'm a podcast junkie. So, <laughs> um, and being in on all kinds of like the, the Wasatch Wranglers side, I mean, I would just, I followed a lot of pages on Instagram and Facebook and that's how I found you guys. So I was there when you guys came on, there wasn't a whole lot of podcasts for trail runners. Yeah. You were kind of one of the founders of it. Now there's a million. <laughs> <laughs> 1. 1.2 million, I believe. 1.2. <laughs> but yeah, so you, you guys really inspired me, helped me like work through all the errors that I made when I first got into trail running. Cause I wasn't always into trail running. I was, I, just to give you a little bit of background, I grew up, and lived in Texas. I was born and raised in Texas, lived there till I was 26. What part of Texas? Um, I got to ask. You got to ask. Well, I, I was Franklin, Texas. Uh, you probably never heard of the little town population 1500. I think it's still 1500. It hasn't grown. Um, if, do you know where college station, Texas is? I Pennsylvania do. University. Okay. It yes. is 40 minutes like North of college station. Okay. So little bitty town. Okay. Um, so I graduated high school and then I moved to the big city of San Antonio. Um, okay. I got into running when I was 16 years old. Wow. And I got to thinking yesterday, I was like, oh my gosh, it was trail running because I started on a dirt road by my house. <laughs> so a family friend introduced us to, she trained for 5Ks and my mom got into it. And then I was like, okay, I'll go start walking. We, we drove a mile and a half down the dirt road, drove it back. We marked it. That's how I got into running. All so, right. Old school. I, old school. <laughs> this, was back, this was back when I had to mail in checks to enter 5K. We, I was just me. talking about that on a podcast not too long <laughs> yeah. ago, actually. Yeah. Oh, those, the, the paper applications. Those yep. were the days, right? Those, that was way before Ultra Sign Up, my, my friend. So. <laughs> Those were the good old days. So I basically kind of started doing it on my own. Like most high schoolers were out partying and getting into trouble. I was out training for 5Ks. I never ran track in high school. I was I was not interested in like team sports. I just wanted to do something on my own yeah. and kind of be responsible for that. 
Wow. Outcome. So yeah. That's pretty good at a young age. It is. It is. I was, it, it actually changed my life. Um, like I had a lot of anxiety problems, you know, growing up as a teenager, all that kind of comes out and that calmed it. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how it blossomed and, and now I'm so, so yeah, so I got into, I was into running for a while. I graduated high school. I got into cycling. So I kind of put running in the back burner and got into more cycling. Then I got back into road running, ran uh, some half marathons and decided to do a marathon. I was like, it's time. I mean, I've been training for probably about nine years of running before I did my first marathon. Wow. <laughs> so I had a good base. Let's say that's, that. that's a good base. That's a really good base. <laughs> that's a really good base. But it was the worst marathon of my life. Let me tell you, like. I didn't eat enough. I just ate the goose the whole time. And I bunked. I mean, in my <laughs> 13, I felt like death. Like, it scared me. I, I was shaking. I was like, I had to basically, like, walk the last 10 miles in, but I made it. And I swore I would never run another marathon. Like, never again would I do that. Um, so, uh, so after that, I moved from 26 years old. I moved to Colorado. And that really that's where I flourished as like an athlete grew into the person that I wanted to be I got into triathlon then so I completed two half Ironmans and eventually a full Ironman right on yeah that was a that was a big adventure that was a that was a big undertaking that was like my life dream Ironman was my life dream I was always wanted to do it I was that was your first life dream right because your second was being on the podcast so oh, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Forgot about that. Come on now. <laughs> I have a lot of life dreams. <laughs> so, you know, I did the Ironman. It was, it, it changed my life completely. Um, I was on a train ride, probably mid, mid part of the training for that. It was about eight to nine months of training. And this guy, he's, I, I told him, he's like, oh, what are you training for? I told him what I was training for. He's like, has your life changed yet? And I was like, not yet. And he looked at me like, you just wait you just wait so it did change a lot happened um i went through a divorce okay (laughs) so i just there was something about training for that big of an event that just gave me confidence it it made me really be the person that i wanted to be um i i was on my bike a lot so i did a lot of soul searching um, after I could, I don't know how I could, did all that and complete that race, but I did always say, if you want something bad enough, there's, there's never anything that's going to get in the way, but I still, I don't know how, how I got through that training, but I did, uh, with the circumstances that I was in, but that completely changed my life and the trajectory of my life. So after that, I was in Colorado for four years. I needed a, a fresh start. So I decided to move to Salt Lake City wow. and that's where I am. That's where I've been for almost five years. Oh, so you haven't been here too long then, huh? Mm-mm, nope. So right when I moved, I think, what was it 2016, September 2016, I moved here. And so you all started the podcast not too long after that, right? We started in 2015 in uh, on Thanksgiving, basically, okay, of 2015. So it was, okay, so it was, it was a little bit before. So I started listening to your podcast. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, there's like all these, like, Salt Lake City is so unique because mm-hmm. the amount of elite athletes in my eyes in one small place is like I've never lived anywhere like this before. Um, it can be intimidating. Yes. <laughs> I mean, 
is a is a newbie trail runner it's very intimidating and I was like I see all these people on Instagram doing all these big runs and they're recovering and I was like oh maybe there's a magic number maybe there's something magical in ultra running where you just go run this certain mileage and you're just like it's just magic right well no that doesn't happen no no <laughs> it will spit you chew you up spit you out right all the <laughs> so, time all the time and I'm still learning so um I got into trail running. I went on my first plus at Cranglers Run by myself. <laughs> it's maybe up to me out. You know, I was like, oh man, I can't keep up with these guys. They are way too fast. Like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this on my own until I get my bearings with trail running because everything I knew from road running did not carry. Throw it out the window. <laughs> trail running, like, throw it out the window. Throw it out the window. That's what I always tell people. Throw it. You're starting over basically. So, um, so I was really ambitious. I signed up for the Bryce Canyon 50K. And, you know, I still, I mean, I had the Ironman under my belt. I had did long days, but this was still something very new to my body. Um, being out in the sun and the trails for a long time, that's a whole different experience. So I trained really hard. I picked out, okay, so I picked out this training plan online and I was like, uh, this seems like it builds up fast, but I mean, it seems like all these other runners are out doing this and they're okay, right? <laughs> I mean, it built up 12, I think it was a 12 week ramp up to your first 50K, but I didn't Taper read the up. small print. <laughs> Taper <laughs> I up. You, I didn't read the small print and that you should have a really good base doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw that plan. I crashed and burned. I burned out. Luckily, I didn't get injured. I was more mentally burned out my body was just not wanting to move anymore. Like it didn't, didn't hurt. It's just, I was just fatigued and sluggish. So I was like, okay, what do I do? Like, so I pulled back to the half, which was the best decision ever. Yeah. Um, because that Bryce Canyon and that, that race, that venue is hard. Yes, um, it's it is. Hot. <laughs> I mean, I about died on the half marathon and I think the, the Lord that I didn't do the thing because I was nowhere near ready for that so I kind of was doing I didn't have any more races after that and um that's kind of when I met Garth Harris which you've had him on the podcast before awesome uh -huh. guy and we started doing more like adventure runs so no races just long days out you know on the trail which made a huge difference it gave me the confidence just being out there lollygagging all day long to say okay I can go and do a 50k if I'm just just go out and have fun right it's, yeah. just, it's just when you approach it it's just a long day in the mountain versus oh my god i gotta get there at this amount of time which sometimes you do because there's a time cap it does take some of the pressure off um so we did uh later that fall we did some of the zion's traverse and that was 26 miles i believe i was like okay if I can do this, I can go do a 50K. So I signed up for the Fall Buffalo 50K. Nice. And that ended up a month later being my first 50K, which I was I was not following any structured training. I was just going out having fun. I was like, okay, what what's the secret sauce to ultra training? Because I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I barely trained and went out and did a 50K. But when I trained hard to do a 50K, I blew up, you know? It's, yeah. I didn't understand it, but so I, uh, that's kind of how ultra, that's kind of how I got my toes into ultra running. And then since then I've done the Beaverhead 50 K, 
I have done Orcas Island 50K, which freaking awesome race. Like, I want to go back and do that one again one day. And then my most recent was the Squaw Peak 50. Nice. So that's kind of my, I guess, athlete resume, per well, se. Well, yeah. you know, I think you, you can't leave out, you know, like the Gib Wallace races and the oh, Nordic shoot. Valley races. Yeah, yeah those, okay. <laughs> You've got to bring some of those races back because those were, I know, I feel horrible now. I know you're roasting me now. <laughs> oh, I, I've just begun now. I've now. just begun now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I knew I was going to make someone mad on this podcast, and it's you. <laughs> 15 minutes in, and the host is already ready to go. <laughs> but your saving and, grace, do you remember, what was, uh, did you run any races in Colorado, like a first trail race, short even, potentially like I even did. under 10 miles, around the 8-mile mark? What race was that? I did. Uh, the Greenland. Yes, it was. <laughs> and the only reason I bring that up is because you ran the Greenland Trail Race in uh, 2013. I actually, uh-huh. that was my first ultra. Really? The Greenland Trail 50K was my very first ultra in 2006. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is so interesting. And, you know, I was thinking about this day because I remember you had some guys from, uh, is it Palmer Lake? Uh-huh. They had a really cool trail running store there. They and sure did. Had, and I only went in there once, and I, I was more into triathlon. And I was like, this is the coolest store I've ever been into. And I was just like, I have to go back, but they closed it. I know. Um, but it they had something special there. And when you had those guys on that podcast, I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember this store. And so I connected it all. And then... I remember you talking about that Greenland Channel. I was like, I've ran that trail before. <laughs> so well, how cool is that? Well, it's funny. So that that podcast you're talking about from the Palmer uh, Lake Divide mm-hmm. Running Company, that's what they were called. Yeah. And I went out to visit my sister for Thanksgiving and drove up to the shop. And, of course, I'm an IPA guy. Well, mm-hmm. these fellas in the store, they don't have IPA, so they pulled whiskey out. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the... I've, you know, 300 podcasts or more, right? Mm-hmm. This one will always stick out to me because these guys were giggling at me and, and I wasn't drinking the whiskey, right? Yeah. Next thing I know, it's two hours later and the bottle's gone. So I had two shows out of it. We, they, they, they put one over on me on that show. I will, uh, I will always remember those gentlemen, uh, with that podcast, but yeah, it was a great, oh great, gosh. great group and great, uh, people. But yeah, I just, you know, I do my social media stalking. I'm getting getting better at that again. That's what we do here on the podcast. And I noticed the green yeah. the Greenland Trail. I'm like, no Ooh. way. I remember yeah. the 50K that broke me into ultra running. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ooh, did I still not Your like that Your poor soul. Your poor soul. It took it out of me. I did, what, eight miles of it? And, um, yeah, that's such an interesting, it's like an open space area. Oh, and yeah. I mean, it's super cool. When I when I first moved to Colorado, I was getting into hiking and a little bit of trail running, not too much of it, but I would always go out there and just find peace. Like it was just this, it was the oddest remote, but close to the highway, but then there's this mountain in the middle and there's this flat part. It's just odd, really cool place though. I mean, that's pretty neat though. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, I mean, you, you really have been not just a listener of the show, but I, I, I know I speak for Joel here, um, how much we appreciate um, you supporting us. And not just by yeah. listening, but you came down to, 
you know, the Nordic Valley 7K in the winter. You've come to our Gib Wallace races, and you've come to the Ogden Trail Running Festival when we'd have that and have, uh, you know, some, in my opinion, some pretty cool guest uh, speakers oh, yeah. in town. You know, <laughs> yeah. Cap Bradley, Ricky Tell Gates, Annie Frost, Anna Frost. So, um, so you've been you've, you've been around this show for a while. What, uh, and I was going to ask you too, when you were listening to the podcast when it came on, did you learn anything? I've learned so much from the pod from the podcast <laughs> oh, or from, yeah. or our, our guest. Did you ever learn anything? Do you remember anything at all from any of those shows? Oh my gosh, you're really putting me on the just you're one really one thing. Just one thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got a good one. You actually introduced me to cheese curds. Oh, see, now you're my favorite. <laughs> I love cheese curds. <laughs> When I do, I love them. <laughs> so to me, it is the funniest thing in the world that uh, that's what I'll go down, you know, the day I pass. That's what I'll be known for is cheese curds. Because every time yeah. I see people, they bring it up and I have no problem whatsoever with it. Um, but it is kind of funny because I've been mailed cheese curds. I've been gifted <laughs> them at race entry. It's just it's just funny. So it's funny you said that um, yeah. about the cheese curds. So and another thing, the beer, like. I like the trial of the beer. I'm a huge IPA fan, like huge. So um, I think it was Melvin's that I, oh. that I learned about from you. So every time I go up to the Teton, oh, yeah. me, I stop at the Melvin's brewery to have some brews and they're so good. Well, I've got a humdinger coming up in a couple of days on the single track session. All um, right. It's uh, right now. I would say this is my top three without a doubt, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, so you'll have to listen to that mm. one and, uh, it, it may or may not have been on before, but, uh, I'll let the listener Yay. decide to that. So, so trail running, let me ask you, we're going to, we're going to get into it a little bit, but, um, you know, you've been in the trail running scene and you've met a lot of people. I mean, cause, cause I know a lot of people through you, um, that you've introduced to us, um, whether it's through, uh, the events or anything else. Um, what, what keeps you, you know, you've gone through these cycles, right, where you did some road stuff, you, you did the cycling, you did the triathlon. Um, it seems like you've been doing the trail running now for a little bit longer. What's kept you in that area as opposed to, say, doing something different right now? Because what is, what is it about trail running that keeps you coming back? Yeah, I, that's a really great question. And I'm constantly asking myself, wow, I'm really stuck with this for a good little while. Um, I've always been kind of a loner in sports. Um, triathlon is a very lonely sport. You're on your bike a lot. You're in the pool a lot. There's not a whole lot of conversating there. Um, and even when I was younger, uh, I most people were out partying, and I was on the you know the roads, and, and so I didn't have a lot of friends that were into the things that I were into. Mm -hmm. I did my fair share of partying, but <laughs> so what? what keeps me coming back to is the community yeah. aspect of it. Like I have like my really good friend, Lauren, um, her handles trail running teacher on Instagram. Like her and I are like the glue that hold, I think that holds us and keeps us in trail running because if we're having a bad day, I'll, I'll hit her up. Let's go for a run. Or like, she inspires me to like, I just signed up for twisted work. Yeah. So I'm saw super that. excited about that. And so did she. That's um, a good, that's and a good I was, race. Yeah, I'm super pumped about it. I've been wanting to do that one, but uh, Squat Peak got in the way one year, so it's kind of like a time where a bunch of other races are happening, so I dedicated this year to that. Um, so 
she kind of, I've, I've kind of taken a little break from trail running because of my coaching business and running it again. But I was like, I just left my corporate career. So she kind of inspired me to get back into running and then I can do both because I can do both right now. Um, so, but I, I love the community of it. I love that everybody just gets together and they support each other. Um, it, it's just awesome. And you don't really get that with a lot of other sports. So I think that's one thing that's really neat to trail runners that they really care about each other. You know, they, they help each other on the trails. If anyone has any questions about gear or training, we're all there to help. So nice. that, that's the number one thing that keeps me coming back. Well, that's good. And you, you, you're so good at this podcast thing because you kind of really? helped me transition into the next one. So, so <laughs> okay. you mentioned it, you mentioned it, you, you are a, a coach now. I am. I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully get this in order correctly, but <laughs> you know, you talk about, um, you know, coaching, you know, um, you kind of dipped your toes in it, things like that. What got you into coaching? Like, for example, I've talked to people before that I've seen and, there's coaches to me, and I, I know quite a few, especially in the running side. And I'm a soccer coach, which is kind of different. But um, people get in it for different reasons, whatever you're coaching for. What what got you into coaching? Well, it's kind of an interesting timeline. Um, when I started training back, way back in the days where we had to send checks in to sign up for races, uh, my friends would be like, hey, I would bite them out, and I would saying, hey, let's go walk and run. Come run with me. And they're like, Nat, you're so good at motivating people and you should be a coach or a trainer. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to go there. So when I graduated high school, I did want to be a trainer. So I, my, one of my second jobs was at Gold's Gym. Um, but it was, it completely, that style of training turned me off. I, I didn't like the big box gyms. Um, some of the ethical stuff there that was going on was not good. So yeah. I said, I didn't want to be a part of this. I so I got out of it. I got out of it and I quit the gym. And then I got my first, first corporate job, which was at Citibank in San Antonio, Texas. I spent five years there. Um, anything that ever came up about coaching, it's still, I wanted to do it, but I was like, I just, I don't know. I just, it didn't feel right then. So um I spent five years at Citibank, left there, and then spent the next 10 years at the Hartford Insurance. Um, so when I left Texas, I actually got to keep my insurance job. They're like, oh, you can work from home. And I was like, wow, this is great. I can take <laughs> my job with me. Yeah. I don't have to start over. Um, so I, I, when I moved to Colorado, I ended up getting my personal training certificate. Uh, I coached one person. I was just like, I don't know. I, I just want to go out and just run by myself. You know, I just didn't want to deal with the people aspect of it, but yeah. I did. It, it was a weird, it, it's been a weird thing. So I guess one of the things that's really held, held me back this whole time from pursuing this is that I was so protected of my personal running journey that I didn't want anything to get in the way of that. I wanted to keep loving it and I thought if I did it as a job then I would hate it yeah I was so afraid of that like I've talked to a lot of people where they've turned their hobbies or or their what they love into a job and they're like yeah it's kind of becomes a job and da, 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 da. I was like oh, I definitely don't want that and it just didn't feel right so move I just like squashed that I have the certificate I was like whatever I'm just not going to use it I'll keep climbing the corporate ladder because that's what we're supposed to do that's right? right that's right <laughs> Kept climbing and climbing and climbing, moved to Salt Lake, 
been here five years. So basically the last two, uh, two years I'd climbed up. I was a, basically the best way to describe it. I was an account manager. That wasn't my official title, but ever everybody kind of knows what account manager. So I managed 35 agencies in, in the Northwest territory uh, that brought in a lot of, there were uh, business insurance. So I worked in the business insurance, okay. commercial, small commercial side. So I handled, I was their VIP liaison, I guess that's how you would say it. So they got rid of my position two years ago. So I was demoted, but not for performance reasons. Yeah. They just changed the, the whole company changed the format. Yeah. Yep. Structure, the company structure was changing. They were like, well, you're going back to customer service. And I was like, ah, oh, don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, like, my pay like I'm probably the highest paying customer service rep there was at the end, right? I was like, come on guys i don't want to you know i i did it but so anyway the whole thing kind of blew up for two years i was like i've got there's just something that's pulling me out of this i was like i'm not meant for cor corporate world anymore and i don't think i ever was um so this was during the time uh, that i decided to do squat peak 50. <laughs> my personal life was well, work life was just going to shambles. I decided to train for the 50 and I had did, I had just completed Orcas Island and then I went into training for the 50 miler and I got burned out, not physically, just again, mentally. So I kind of took a break from that and I joined Wasatch Fitness Academy and uh, I went there for my first class. And that gym is dedicated to strength for endurance athletes. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I went in that first class and like a light bulb went off my head. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the kind of coaching that I've been looking for, for the last 15 odd years. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to coach endurance athletes. That's what I wanted to do. And it just really opened my eyes. So I kind of like pondered on this idea, hadn't really told anybody about it, but I was like, wow, this is so cool. It inspired me. So I went down to the wedge uh, with a group of runners and I was running down there and I was just like, where's my life going? I just didn't have any direction. Um, I was like, I'm tired of playing it safe. I've played it safe for 15 years. I've never gone after anything that I truly wanted to do career wise. Like when I was younger, um, about to graduate, I wanted to go to a school in Colorado cause I wanted to be an outdoor guide. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got scared. I, I was like, nope, they don't make enough money. <laughs> I, I just, like, I was like, how am I going to pay bills with that? I just got really scared. So I've always played it. I've always played my life like a, like a chess game. I've moved it strategically to get where I want to go. But at this time I climbed up in the corporate ladder and I was like, well, what's next? You know, I, I'm not really doing anything career-wise meaningful. I've given up on all these dreams, and, you know, throughout my, all my life because of fear. You know, I've always talked myself out of it. And I said, I'm done talking myself out of it. So I was sitting on a rock at the wedge and I was like, I'm going for this. I'm going to do this. I want to be a coach. And I, I, I think I finally figured out what kind of coach I wanted to be. So I went home and I told Shannon, which is my partner, my wife. And she's like, Nat, this is great. This is you. You need to do this. I was like, okay. <laughs> Well, don't get too excited now because <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
I've got this great job. Well, okay, on paper. Yeah, yeah. I it's make stable. great money. It's stable. I get to work from home. Yep. I get like, I get almost two months of paid time off. Yep. I get paid grade. I'm like on the outside, like anybody would kill to have this job right now, right? Because um, it gave me just such flexibility in my life as well. So I had this huge barrier to get over it. And that barrier was me. Um, I had a, I had so many mental things that I had to get over to pursue this. So got home. I kind of put some feelers out on Facebook to my uh, running group. Say, hey, would y'all be interested in, I was kind of doing market research. Mm-hmm. I read that for you. How do you do when you have an idea and you want to open a business? So I got a, lot, a big response and I'm like, my gosh, how am I going to like host? If I have a class, if I do a class for strength for runners, how am I going to host or have room for 45 people like I was like okay I don't have a gym I reached out to to some other people I'm like gosh this isn't gonna work I don't know the logistics of it was really difficult to work out so I put it down for like two months I was like I'm just gonna let this set and I'll figure it out so two months go by and I practice Buddhism and I go to this store it's called the Dancing Cranes I don't know if you've ever heard of it it's down in Salt Lake City they Mm -hmm. sell like incense and Really cool, like figurines. I don't know. It's just a They don't have cheese curds, so I probably haven't been there. No, they got coffee (laughs) and stuff like that. (laughs) But, and this, I love telling this story, but I'm always hesitant about telling the story because it's something that, okay, so I'll tell it. Um, So I had $11 in my pocket that day, and I was going to go buy some incense. And every time I walk in there, I always see this psychic lady reading to people. And I'm like, I always am so intrigued by that. Like, I really want to go stay there, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not that kind of, you know, I don't kind of believe in that kind of stuff, right? But this particular day, something told me to go sit with her. <laughs> so I had $11 in my pocket and her sign said $11 for a reading. And I was like, what a coincidence. <laughs> what a coincidence. So I sat down and I told her that I'd, I have this job and I'm really love to train and, but I don't know if I know enough to even be a trainer. I don't know if I even belong in, in this arena with all these other trainers that know so much more than I do. That's what I say. And she looks at me, she says a whole bunch of stuff, but she looks at me, she says, Natalie, no one's going to come to you because of what you know, because you know stuff. They're going to come to you because of your heart. And I was just like, oh, that just took me back. I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Because a lot of people, when they do tell me, I love being around you because your heart, your heart and you care and all that. So anyway, she's like, this is something you need to do. And she gave me like this little sachet of readings. I mean, it just like, it's, it spoke to me. And I went home and I made business cards <laughs> after that. <laughs> I made business cards and said, to hell with it. I don't have a gym, but I'm going to make a gym in my garage. If I'm going to, I don't want to work under anyone else because I, I went through all that. I I thought I wanted to, I was like, no, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail my time and my dime and I'm going to be in control of it. So I opened up my own gym. I started bringing friends in. I, I got business from friends of friends. And so that's kind of how the story went but so so i opened this gym um so i still have my full-time job so and it doesn't get any easier i still have these questions do do i want to own a business because it's hard owning a business is hard do i want 
to give up this cush life for this struggle, right? Because yeah, yeah. it is a struggle. Um, being a creative person, putting content out there, being vulnerable, that's a tough arena to be in. You know it. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. It is tough. It is not for the weak of heart. So I, I, I spent a year and a half exploring these things, trying to find answers. Just I wanted an answer to fall out of the sky, say, quit your job. But it didn't. It would never. Ha- it never happened. It, there was never. There was never anything telling me. I mean, there wasn't a lot of things. It was just me getting in the way of it. So, I ended up three months ago getting on a pilot at work. They were like, "Nat, we moved you back to the customer service, but we're going to put you on pilot for a minute." That pilot, it was okay, but it turned out to be a job that they created, and they wanted me to apply for it. And it was actually a job that I always wanted within that company, which is ironic. I'm like, why now? Why now? <laughs> <laughs> this is not making it easy on me, right? So I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Do I apply for this? I mean, the, I was on vacation when I found out the job posted and I'm like, you wanted to cry. Like there, I, I want, I was kicking and screaming. So I didn't want this. I don't want, I didn't want it. Yeah. But okay, I decided I'm gonna try, right? Because you just never know. COVID happened. I was like, I would be crazy to quit this job right now. Like, I would be dumb. So the job came up and I went to the interview. And of course, I can't half ass anything. So I do a well, a great job of the interview. And I'm just praying for like, it took them a while to make the decision. And um, they were hiring about 25 for this new team which is quite a lot. There was a quite a few applicants and the friend, uh, my coworker that I was on the old team with, she didn't get, I was like, well, she didn't get it. Ah, I'm not going to get it. So I was like, okay, here's my out. Here's my out. I'm not going to get the position. They called me. They, they said, now nah, I want to offer you the position and I want to give you a nice price too. <laughs> there's that, mo- there's that all, there's the money. <laughs> I'm like, you got, and I had told myself, okay, if they offer me this annual amount, I'm like, okay, I'll go. And of course, it was the exact amount. Everything in my soul wanted to say, no, I, I can't, I appreciate it, but I can't. But I just said, yes, I just burned up. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, why did I do that? <laughs> why did I do that? Because I wanted to say no, and I was expecting them to tell me I didn't get the job. Right. I wasn't expecting them offering me the job. Yeah. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Can't this get any more easier? This decision any easier. So uh I spent I they weren't gonna put me in training for and I had to get certified because I was actually gonna be advising uh small business owners on what kind of coverage they wanted. So I had to be licensed. I so I found out in December that I got the job and I wasn't gonna go into training until January twenty seventh. Uh, this so this is just recently so I was like okay I got three months I can do this and I was like I'll just get certified you know what what's the harm and get certified if I don't like it I can just quit right but that just doesn't settle with me correctly so Christmas rolls around I uh I am actually programming a six-week strength plan for hikers or backpackers for um one of my good friends that has a backpacking company in Colorado uh-huh. so I Gave myself this goal. Okay, I've got, before I start this training, I've got to get this backpacking program out. And something about doing that was just, 
it was, it lit my fire. I was like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to do that training. I don't want to do that job. And I had been putting off, I kept putting up milestones. And once I save up this amount of money, once I get here, once I get here, I'll quit. I'll quit then. Uh, but it was only six months off, right? Well, I never quit. I mean, I would get that money saved. I would do this, but I could never do it. I said, I can't say no more of this six months stuff anymore. I, if I'm going to quit, I have to do it now because I usually end up talking myself out of it. So two weeks before I it's supposed to start this new job and this training, my boss pings me. She's like, hey, we're going to get you set up. I said, can I talk to you? And she says, yeah. So I... I was on pins and needles the whole day, like, oh my God. And, and, and the funny thing was is that it was my best friend from Texas that I had to put my resignation in with. <laughs> so did you, so, ha- was there like an aha moment though? Was it the backpacker thing? Was there just this, this aha moment, this light bulb that kicked in that said, this, this is it. It was definitely the backpacker thing. And the closer I got to that day, I was going to have to go in this, the training mm-hmm. the thing was is if i did this training i had i, I don't think i was going to be a coach because yeah. it was going to take a lot out of me yeah. like i had was going to be heads in the books get getting licensed and then this new new position was going to be a lot so it was almost like an either i was so tired of having my foot in both places it was becoming unhealthy yeah um when you're torn, you've got, you're doing something you love, but you also are doing this other thing over here. It, it starts to wear on, yeah. it starts to wear on your soul. <laughs> Everything starts to get muddled in your head. You can't make good decisions anymore. I don't know. It just becomes way, it was just becoming unhealthy. I was like, and I don't want to live my life like this anymore. I can't have two feet and I can't keep up with this. I might die yeah. <laughs> literally. So I had to make a decision. I was tired of playing it safe. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is wearing on me. I have to go with what's in my heart. So put in the resignation with my friend. And even my friend, she was like, are you sure not? Are you sure? I was like, I think so. (laughs) And she's like, (laughs) she she even said, nah, I've had people come back and want their job back. So you better be sure. And I'm like, oh, God. And I I wanted then to say, okay, I want to keep it. But I said, I just dug so deep and I pulled it out. I was like, no, I'm sure this is what I want. (laughs) Do you you remember the day that you decided that you were going to be a full-time coach? That you threw everything into that? You put both feet and you said, this is where I'm planted. Do you remember the date on that? I had had to be two weeks before I put in my resignation. Like it, it was a matter of, a day like even Shannon was like because I kept getting to this point a lot I mean it was like I think I'm gonna quit I think I'm gonna quit and something would come up it's like having a baby I don't have babies but they said it's never a good time to have a baby <laughs> there's no time to quit a job either I was trying to wait for the perfect sign the perfect moment I was even in therapy I mean I was like please give me and I almost was like I need to go back to that psychic because <laughs> and she's gone <laughs> well she is because she's COVID yeah. you know <laughs> I was like I'm going to have to put on my big girl pants and I'm I don't think there's going to be something full out of the sky that says this is going to be the right decision because this is a very scary decision like I'm giving up a ton but I'm also gaining a ton so whew, a lot of a lot of barriers to break through 
I spent a year and a half with my feet in two places and it was a wild ride. And finally I just got to the point of, I have, I'm going to have to make this decision. Like, well, and, and this is, this is, like I said, when I, when I started the show about, you know, you being inspiring, I mean, this is part of, this is a part why I wanted you on this podcast because, you know, especially now, right. I mean, with, with the whole last year, you know, with the, with the pandemic and mm-hmm. the uncertainty and the scariness of everything, I mean, you really went against the, the quote unquote norm. You had it safe. You had, you know, you knew where you were going. You had the, the financial part of it. I mean, I was in the same boat. I worked from home mm-hmm. before I'm at the job now, you know, yeah. the financial part of it. I had those things as well, but you, you did something that I know for a fact people out there wish they could do. I've talked yeah. to so many people and I've always been one of those people where I wish I would have maybe made a different decision at one point, right? Cuz mm-hmm. it's pulling you in that direction. This is where I feel like I need to be. This is mm-hmm. where I feel like I need to do. But it's a hard decision. And you know, there's so many hard. things that fall into place. I mean, you mentioned Shannon. Uh it's so good too to have the support uh to help that because, you know, we're most people are <laughs> you care about others. Right. And so if you don't, if the support's not there, if that person's telling you, no, you need to stick with this safe, responsible, work your way up the ladder. This is a great opportunity. I mean, that's a, that's a notch on that side to stay there because that's a big part of your life. But when you have somebody that supports who you are, not, you know, the end game necessarily, but no, this Mm -hmm. is what I see you want. And like you said, it's your dime, your time. If you, if you fall, if you fail, they're there. You know, yeah. but, but they also yeah. don't ever bring those things up. Right. It's always like, this is no. going to be awesome. You're going to be <laughs> successful. Even yeah. if they even I mean, you know, they know those things. But, you know, having your fear become a motivator and because we have it right. I don't. You mentioned it earlier, like whether you're running a race or training or any of these things, fear is such uh, a weapon. Right. Oh, and it's yeah. either it's either a good <laughs> one or a negative one. And, mm-hmm. you know, people myself included i'm definitely in this category but fear is such a driver it's such a driver but when we try to make that become a motivating factor in what we do i mean the simplicity of it the people i've talked to that are scared right fearful to run a 50k a 50 miler i mean whatever that is even first time trail run i'm scared to get on the trails i've been a road runner it's so interesting how we can let those fears drive us to incredible happiness right and and i'll say success and i think everybody needs to define their own version of success Mm -hmm. because that's what it is but it is i mean when i saw i was so happy and i don't comment a lot of things on social media but i remember when you did that i was so when i saw you i'm full-time i was like this is awesome this is awesome because i knew i mean i mean i've known you for a little while um, but it's just not an easy decision to do stuff like this, especially when you've got the safety net, which you had. Yeah, um, so I was, so I was hard. super excited cause you're, to me, it's, it's such an awesome story that can translate into so many things, relationships, uh, jobs, uh, hobbies, you know, you mm-hmm. name it. But, um, I don't think you still understand the magnitude of what you've done. I think it's no, not going to hit I you don't. for a long time. <laughs> You know, and I talked to you about getting into coaching and earlier on in the podcast, you talked yeah. about, you know, helping other people. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where 
you go with Three Peaks Training. I'm excited to see, and yeah. I've seen some of the stuff you post on your athletes. I'm excited to see what mm-hmm. they do. Um, but this is awesome. I'm so, I'm I'm happy to have you on here. I thank you so much. And you know, as I work through this fear process, you talk about fear, but I kept going back to well, what if? What could happen? Like, I mean, is in a good way. Like. Mm-hmm this could grow into something so wonderful. Like all the opportunities that could, I would always say, well, this could happen. And then I would say, nope, but what if, mm-hmm. what are the possibilities? Right. Um, so, and, and two, another, another good point, we're talking about fear and things like that. Like sometimes you can't see what is going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't even like, it is so big in your head that you just can't fathom it. Like when I did the Ironman, I was like, this is stupid. This is a stupid amount of distance that I have to go. Like I could never, and I still can't to this day fathom that I did that. Like it doesn't feel real. And it was so hard, but I just said, look, you just got to believe. You got to believe, even though you can't see the finish or you can't even comprehend how you're going to get there, you're going to get there if you try hard. And, and amazing things happen. So you just have to believe in the unknown. You have to embrace the unknown. Because that's where, like, a lot of special things happen, right? Well, the unknown. And when you get there, I mean, it's amazing. Well, and that, and once, you, once you're fully vested, like you talked about, I mean, perfect example, you know, having one foot in each side. Once you get both mm-hmm. feet in there, that becomes your focus, right? And then it's, oh, not, yeah. it's not so much your focus is in two areas. And I'm just talking, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a job, not with every other thing we got in our lives, but when you have right, your, right. Your, your feet in different things, now you, you can purely focus. And that's where I think the ideas, the creativity, the growth begins to happen. Because like you said, oh, you yeah. don't, you don't see it, but once you're fully invested and fully into it, I think that's when you start seeing those things. I remember years and years and, you know, when the will was made, when, you know, someone finally told me, you know, you start visualizing it. Right. When you get scared, mm-hmm. when you get nervous, when you get on that back foot, visualize what you want to do. And I meant it's like visualize the finish line, if it's if yeah. you will. And that would sometimes get me through that that little bit of hesitation or that little bit of fear, because it's like, you know, you, no matter what you do in life, you pay your dues. You know, you, you, oh, whether yeah. it's a job, whether it's a relationship, whatever it is, you pay your dues as you go. But when you see that finish line of all those things. Mm-hmm. Because that's your sole focus, those other distractions um, can slowly move away. So, oh yeah. Um, so when, when I kept hearing you say these things, you know, like, you know, the direction and it's safe, and you know, I wasn't sure, and I had one foot here. Um, it's such an, a, a reality of everything we do, and it's such a reality. And, and I'm spinning it back around here because that's what we do. But it's such a reality with trail running, um, mm-hmm. and I've just loved you know, meeting the people, um, at races or, Oh, you did, you know, you had this on the show or you had this guest and this guest, you know, mentioned this and now I'm on this journey. Um, and that's like your story. And that's where I'm hoping with this story is there's people out there that need to have that $11 in their pocket right now. Right. <laughs> yes. They need, they need to hear this and say, Hey, this is someone else just did this. Why can't I? And so mm-hmm. to me, that's, the biggest part of this besides, you know, winning your Grammy today, uh, being on the well, podcast, this is pretty big. This is big. <laughs> man, after what you've gone through, this is nothing. <laughs> no, but I, but I, oh but I think God. it's awesome. Yeah. I, I think it's amazing. And, 
you know, you, you talked about it early on with, with training athletes, endurance mm-hmm. athletes. Um, you know, it's such a critical piece to training. Um, a lot of times, and you know, people train at their own level. They train at their own pace. They have their own mindset. But I think having these, and the lo- older I've got, the more I've learned, you know, this, this uh, strength training the the stretching the yoga the self-care um is such critical pieces and it's not just how many miles how much time you know how many days you know those types of things there's just so many things so the more people can incorporate the strength training the the nutrition the rest um all those things so it's good to have just like the podcast there's a lot of coaches right there's a lot Mm -hmm. of you know that there's a lot of coaches out there (laughs) Um, and we've had this conversation on our podcast so many times with the Ty Draney's and the Jeff Browning's and coaching. And they say the same thing, interview your coach, find the coach that's right for you. And when they say right for you, have that connection, make sure that you yes. connect on a personal level and it's not just money changing hands with a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, because I see that a lot and I've seen, heard people talk about that a lot. So I encourage people. Uh, so you're at the at sign, the number three peaks, underscore training on Instagram and that's the mm-hmm. best way to reach uh, yep. Natalie or just at three peaks trainings on Facebook um, and you yep. can check things out there so I'm going to ask you uh, kind of briefly unfortunately here but some 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 strength training right if I'm a yeah. runner right now we're, we're getting there right we're almost mm-hmm. to March we're right March is around the corner so more and more races are popping up because um, we had we'd had Joel on the podcast he talked a little bit about it what are some what are some recommendations you have uh, to some of the listeners out there that want to do some strength training um, to help probably some injury prevention, um, but oh, also yeah. just make them better runners that's not like big blocks of like off-season training, maybe some maintenance-type yeah. stuff. What are some ideas yeah. you have for people out there? Yeah, sure. And, and I'm glad you like touched on that. So it really is going to depend on what phase of training you are in um, mm-hmm. as a runner. So we kind of look at, so we periodize uh, our running plans, right? We have it in certain phases. We have the base building phase, the intensity, the specific, the taper. That also goes for strength training. So there's different phases of strength training, and you're going to pair that with whichever phase you are in running. So mm-hmm. right now is in season, right? Yeah. So I have an off-season program. I have a pre-season program, and I have an in-season program. I wanted to design all my programs to fit into whatever block of training they're in, right? So right now is more in-season. So you're going to be looking for more of like unilateral work, uh, stability work. Um, If you're new to this, uh, you're going to have some strength gains, but your focus right now is kind of running. Uh So you kind of got to have a lighter focus in the gym. Because if you overdo it in the gym when you're in training, you're not going to have a great run, right? Yep. So we have to balance those things. So um, I would say I do a lot of air squats, box step ups, um, single leg deadlifts, anywhere in the ranges of like eight to 12. Um, I have a lot of my athletes right now doing muscular endurance work. Mm -hmm. So that muscular endurance is more of how many times the muscle can perform a movement before it fatigues out, right? Some of my favorite workouts are muscular endurance workouts. I mean, they're hard. Yep. So just to give you an idea of what those are, uh, it, it usually starts around, I start them at three to four rounds of 10 air, and there's no breaks in between the exercises. So 10 air squats, 
uh, 10 front lunges on each leg, go directly into 10, so five on each leg, alternating jump lunges, and then go into a total of five air squats. And you're going to take about a two-minute break. So your legs are, you're, I usually scream after like, I'm like, ah, the <laughs> got a little burn going. Legs. Yeah, <laughs> got a little burn, but it does, it's very effective. You do have to be very careful with it um, because it, you can injure yourself. You, can, you don't want to go too much too soon on this. Um, it trains the, uh, the muscle, the endurance part of the muscle. So you just kind of want to place that strategically. So I usually place those at the beginning of the uh, base building period. And then when they get into the specific where I'm sending them up the mountain, that already translates over into the power of them going up the mountain. So, 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 so with your training, um, you mentioned mm-hmm. you have a gym in your garage. Do you do yeah. uh, plans for remote people, people that yes. aren't in Salt Lake City? So you yep, have plans I and you do. can work with them too? Oh yeah, I do. So right now, um, I'm actually, I have all my plans on a Word doc, which I'm creating, I'm converting them over to a really nice looking PDF. Um, and I just got done taping all my demo exercises. So I'm going to have all the plans that either the in-season, off-season, pre-season, you can purchase them all in a bundle. I'm going to have those ready probably in a month to purchase as a PDF, which is just going to be a one-time charge if you don't nationally want coaching because not everybody wants coaching. They just need direction sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. they just need direction, especially on the strength part. Like I think a lot of runners don't strength train because it's this confusing world, right? Like what do you do? How do you – because a lot of like, if you just go press basic strength plan off the internet, is that really gonna? Is that really gonna go with your end season? Is it gonna take away from your running? Because you just gotta strategically place it in whatever phase. So that plan might not be suited for where you're at in your running. Yeah. So you gotta play around with it. But I want to. I just I want to change the mentality around it. Right. A lot of. There's just so many people that aren't doing it. And let's just talk about injury prevention right quick, right? When we're out doing these long runs, there could be a price to pay. Mm. You're you're putting so much stress on your body tissue. And, and when we're talking about body tissue as runners, the muscle, the bone, the ligaments and tendons, all of these have a capacity. When we go beyond that capacity, when we stress it beyond its current capacity, that's when we see injuries, right? So if you're in, this is why I stress an off-season plan, um, because when we're in the off-season, we are building muscle capacity. So we're building the capacity muscle to withstand a lot of load without fatiguing. We are, our bone density is increasing. So you're getting less stress fractures. I see stress fractures a lot in uh, ultra running. Um, so you're building up your bone density, your tendons and ligaments, right? Your tendons connect the muscle to the bone. And it's through like a calcification. So when you put, when you're in the gym working under load, you're stressing it just a little bit. It is having this calcification process and it's kind of connected even stronger to the bone. Mm -hmm. So you're having all these adaptations. So when you're, when you're ready to hit the ground running in your trail plan or your training plan, your capacity is big, right? It can handle it. You're not going to have, you're, you're, you know, I can't say this is going to prevent every injury, but science backs that this is going to put injuries at bay, right? And you want to feel good. Like when I started strength training, I started feeling like I had muscles working that 
never like my butt was working my hamstrings were working my quads were all working so all those muscles were starting to work so it could handle a lot of load right um my stride started becoming more efficient because i was building those uh, motor control skills um so i mean i felt more durable i'm not as sore as i used to be anymore like i, I just i feel almost like bulletproof like I, everything is just feeling really good and strong so I push for off-season work. Um, when you start working with me, if it's in-season, I'll put you in the in-season program, of course, because it's better to start some, anywhere. Somewhere. You're gonna get you got to start somewhere. somewhere right? Yep. You got to start somewhere. But when you hit off-season, I'm going to be like, look, <laughs> we need to get your body prepared to take on the training load because you don't want to be playing catch-up next year, right? Yep. You don't. So you can have these adaptations through running. I always say you can have them through running, but it's not efficient. You're, you're upping the miles. You're already putting that stress on there. So it's really hard to efficiently do that through running. And it's not, you know, the impacts of running are really heavy. So that's why I stress strength training. The benefits are amazing. You're going to feel better. You're going to have way more fun on the trials. You're going to recover better. And hopefully my goal is to have all my runners have longevity in the trail running in their trail running career because we see a lot of runners come in and come out real quick yep. because of injuries i mean i want to change I, this is the change that i want to make i want to influence strength training i want more people strength training nice. i think it's really important well, i couldn't agree more and again there's so many reasons why we wanted you on the show um, but this is one of them um you know was much fun and entertainment we like to have on the podcast we definitely like to to help people and have other people like yourself help people. Um, there's just so many opportunities out there for people to become, you know, quote unquote better or improve maybe is the right word, um, with what they do. Um, because the last thing we want is to have those people come in and out of the sport because they come in the sport, you know, they're, they're great trail runners. And the next thing you know, they're riding bikes. Cause you know, that's the next, mm -hmm. next step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean is, is you know running in general is just so impactful you gotta take care of yourself yeah. you got to take care ahead of time don't wait until you're on the couch with the uh, stress fracture you know you just you got to take care of these things i mean there's even though we see all these runners going out doing these amazing distances it does come with a price if you're not if your body is not prepared to take on that kind of amount yeah well awesome this has been so good having you on the podcast yeah. because it is inspiring. It inspires me <laughs> just you. as much as I know other people out there. And I could not, and I mean this, could not be more happy for you uh, and Thank Shannon. You. Um, the Thank journey you guys are on, plus the things you're doing is absolutely incredible. And I just feel fortunate that I've had the opportunity to get to know you through the podcast. Um, because obviously without that, that wouldn't have happened. So uh, it's been fun for me to have you on. Um, however... I can't let you go yet um, without um, something I'm excited to, to bring back that a lot of listeners enjoy, which is called the lightning round. So the lightning round is a select questions that I ask that you can't have a long answer for. It's got to be direct, and we're moving on. Right, quick. So okay. there's oh no gosh, time to think. You just watered up. This is probably okay. the most important part of this entire podcast right now, so I'm not going to okay. put any pressure on you. Um, <laughs> the millions of listeners are ready. So Okay, let's do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ease you into it. Okay, I'm gonna ease okay. you into it. So the first one, 
bucket list race or adventure run you still need or want to do? Gosh, there's so many. <laughs> nope, nope. Which one? Ooh, I want to go do um, Mount Blanc. Okay, well that's I want there, the circumference Mount Blanc. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good one. Finish yeah. finish this sentence. I cannot run without. I cannot run without. Oh my gosh, there's so many things I run without. Um. I cannot run without. Oh my gosh! Now I'm like, cannot think of anything. I uh, eased you. Food, food, food. Food. Because I, I can't run without food. Okay. I run for food, I'm, so you can't run without yeah, it. Too. I run for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, they're gonna get harder. So there's a oh few more. Oh my gosh! I feel like I'm doing horrible. Okay, okay. Okay. Follow this one. If you could pick one person to run some trails with and pick their brain or talk to, who would it be? Anna Frost. Ooh, I like it. I'll tell you, that is one fun brain. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. When we had her in Studio 78, that was one of the uh, funnest episodes. I wish we would have had the off-air stuff on air because that was that was good. <laughs> what would the 12-year-old Natalie say to you today? Oh, my gosh. How, like, badass you are. Like, wow, you actually did it. Nice. That's what I was hoping because I was going to come up with, <laughs> she's proud of you. Yeah. All right, here we go. This is an easy one for you. Favorite exercise in a workout? You could pick one exercise in all your workouts, just one. What is your favorite go-to? Uh, I love the glute need sweep. That just seems sound, that sounds like that sounds something like on a menu. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I love that exercise right now. I mean, I, it's hard to explain. I'd have to like. Maybe I could do like a uh, video and like tag trail manager. There you go. And, and then I could tell people what I'm talking glute meat sweet. Glute meat sweet. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'd order that. I'd order that. <laughs> What's your favorite race distance and why? I really love a 30K. 30K? Um, for me, I can get go fast. I mean, it's right at my threshold. I can't maintain that speed after the 30k distance so i like i like that distance because i can see how far i can push and how fast i can go good i like it what uh what have you learned from running oh my gosh what have i learned i've learned to trust in the process even though i have no idea how the process is gonna work i've learned to trust in the unknown really okay good i like that what do you wish someone would have shared with you when you first started running? Trust <laughs> the process. <laughs> <laughs> don't, okay, so ease into it. Yeah. Don't be too hard on yourself. Don't look at other people's stuff and, and you know, let, you know, feel bad that you're not there yet. Run your own race. Favorite aid station food? Mm, bacon. Oh, man, love it, love it. <laughs> Last thing you binge watched? Intervention. Intervention? <laughs> Intervention. Have you ever seen it? No, but that's why I ask this question. Oh, Sometimes I'm looking for something. Man. Yeah, <laughs> go. It's on A and E. Um, they follow like addicts and stuff. Okay. So, and they have intervention. So, awesome. Go watch. Awesome. Be addicted. <laughs> here's your last question. You've done okay. well, but here's your last question. This is going to, you don't have time to think. This has got to be what okay. comes to your brain right out of the gate. Okay. Who's been your favorite guest 
on the Trail Manners podcast. Anna Frost. Anna Frost. We're back to Anna. Yeah. I'm okay with that. That was that's yeah. good. Well, Natalie, I I seriously want to thank you so much for coming on the show and agreeing to be on here. Like I said, um, I personally hope you understand how inspiring you are, um, how amazing you are. And I could only hope that at least one person, if this affects one person out there um, to go after something that they have a little fear of or they have a little doubt with, um, that's all we care about, right? Just just yeah. somebody out there mm-hmm. because the other side is so incredible. Um, and I, I like is. I said, I, I, I'm, I'm proud, I'm honored to have you on the podcast um, because I do know that this podcast will truly affect people out there because we've done them before um and i'm happy that it's you i'm happy that it's you that's uh, been able to do that because like i said you uh you've been a, f- a follower of the podcast early on um you've been such a huge supporter of the show uh and it's just awesome it's so good to have you on here and i truly appreciate <laughs> it this has been so much fun it was a lot easier than i thought it was gonna be <laughs> I'm gentle. Um, I take it easy. And I told you, you'll be fine. You're really good at this. Yeah, you're really good at bringing that out of people, right? The the conversations and, and the flow. Um, one thing, if if anyone needs help with anything, like if they have fear or they uh, need help with strength training or running, anyway, I have a new email address. It's natalie at the number three peakstraining.com. Um, so you can reach me there. You can reach me on Instagram. We went over that earlier. And if I can leave someone, or if I can leave one message is don't ignore the tap on your shoulder. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and we're going to have, just so everybody's listening, um, if you're driving or whatever, don't worry about writing stuff down. We will actually have, um, all the information she just said, her email, all that on the show notes. So it'll be right there on our website. Um, so you can reach out to her. Um, and I hope you do because you won't regret it. I, I know that just from knowing Natalie. Um, and again, thank you so much. Congratulations on everything. And I mean that everything, <laughs> personal, professional, everything. Congratulations. Thank thanks for being on the show. And just, just thanks for being you. We, uh, we need thank more people you. like you out, you out there for sure. So thanks for sharing your story. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening to the Trail Manners podcast. This is Eric and Natalie, and we are out. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners podcast. I'd like to thank Natalie Sheffield for taking the time to join us today. If you want more information for Three Peaks Training, you can check it out at Three Peaks underscore training on Instagram or at Three Peaks Training on Facebook. That's the number three on those. I also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by the website at trailmanners.com. There you can check out the store page and support the podcast by buying a shirt or whatever else we have in there. Or you can hit us up on the contact page, let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or if you would like to be on the show. And besides, I always love hearing from you. And lastly, Trail Manners would love your support via our Patreon account at patreon.com backslash trailmanners to keep us alive and kicking. Until next time, this is Eric Manning reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.